Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you to he- today. Um, we are here uh, with Beth Tassion, who is a Reiki and restorative yoga uh, practitioner. So welcome, Beth. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, yes. So, um, so Beth, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the Pioneer Valley. Well, as you said, I'm Beth Tassione, and I'm a yoga teacher and a Reiki practitioner. And um, I teach mostly um, active asana classes that are sort of focused more on um, alignment and breath centered. So they're in the vinyasa style, but with a little more, sometimes a little slower and a little more detail about alignment and the way the body moves. Um, but I also love to weave in other practice, other movement modalities, things that focus on strengthening and mobility and even like more functional movements. So I've been kind of sneaking them into my classes as well. And uh, and then I also uh, teach restorative yoga and I'm a Reiki practitioner. So get that nice balance of movement and energy and quiet and stillness. Quite fun. Nice. And when you say functional movements, what do you what do you mean by that? Um. So sometimes in our asana practice, it's a little more like specialized movement, right? There's nowhere in the world you would do warrior two. Right. Right. And for listeners, if you're not familiar with warrior two, it's sort of, it's almost like a lunge. uh, And then your, your arms are kind of spread out. So it's, it's a very exaggerated pose. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like this side lunge with the arms out. And I mean, maybe somewhere you might do that, but so like bringing in more functional things like a squat, which you might use, or like from a regular lunge, taking your hands off the ground and then dropping your knee down and coming back up as if you were kneeling. So weaving those kinds of things into the practice so that it really like, oh, you go out to the grocery store and you have to kneel down to get something. You've kind of prepared your body if you've gone to asana class, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, so your, your body already knows those motions. So it's kind of just like slowly like bringing more awareness and deepening your connection to those yeah yeah and just again just looking at it from a more well what's a what's a as much as I love the traditional asana practice what's a way to bring things that you're going to use more in your day-to-day life absolutely bring those movements onto the mat to make them more mindful there so then when you're off the mat it's it's kind of in your DNA if you will yeah what was the inspiration for really bringing some practical sides to the movement and yoga like what was it for for you and in your personal journey that you felt like that was a piece that you really wanted to harness in um in your teaching environments well, yeah it's still ongoing and it's really just out of curiosity um i as i said i love the traditional uh asana practice i just i love it it's beautiful um, and then the teachings that surround yoga are so beautiful and so meaningful and so real, um, even now. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about when they were kind of being shared, they still have relevance today. Um, but I do think, like, there's just something curious about finding other ways to move. I think 
the um, I mean, certainly in a vinyasa practice, which is the way that I teach and the way that I practice, which is sort of flowing and has a lot of repetitive movements. Um, I think the repetition of those movements, while on one hand, they build a really great skill set in terms of using your body and they become also a little meditation because you're repeating them. But I think we can also kind of wear a groove, if you will, and like fall into that repetitive strain injury if you're doing it the same way all the time. And if your mechanics aren't like pretty solid, right? So just thinking of weaving in other ways to move to keep things a little fresh and exciting. Um, and as I said, just, you know, I love warrior too. It's one of my favorite poses, but when am I really using that? You know, certainly muscle groups are being strengthened in a way that will make other movements in real life doable, but why not just also incorporate the things that you do in real life into your practice, into your time on the mat so that everything becomes this wonderful, um, this wonderful time of, of, of mindfulness. Yeah. And I think especially, you know, for for somebody like myself, who is either always kind of swirling in emotions, or, you know, I can, I'm a bit of a thinker, it really does help for me to take the mindfulness moments in my body. So taking those ordinary things, like that's where my habits are developed is just how I'm when I'm talking of how I move my hands, or when I'm walking, when I'm just trying to get from my car to my office. So, you know, I, I think that that's yeah, it can really bring in some um, beautiful mindfulness, like you mentioned, uh, in, into our movement. So I like that. It's really cool. I think so, too. <laughs> so, um, Beth, what is I know, you know, I, I see a lot of the the courses around that you do that are um, kind of these or classes rather that are restorative yoga and Reiki. Can you tell us a little bit about what those classes are? They sound very magical. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, mostly, um, Mostly I do restorative yoga and Reiki um, with private clients, but I do um, a couple times a year offer a workshop in restorative yoga and Reiki. And so it's, um, they're very similar in some aspects. It's, it's blending these two practices that I love so deeply into one. So when I'm working with private clients, you know, depending on what they might be coming to me for, um, if they opt for more of a restorative yoga and Reiki session, well, I will set them up in restorative yoga poses, which use all kinds of props like blankets and blocks and bolsters to support the body. Um, so we're working on with that kind of class to decrease all the muscular effort. So it really becomes a chance for the body to relax and to rest. And then, um, so again, if I'm working with a private client, I'll set them up in a pose that I think will support whatever their intention is for our sessions together. And then we'll do some like guided relaxation and then some breath work. And then little by little, I'll start layering in some Reiki based on, again, what their intentions are, what I kind of sense or feel that they might be in need of in that moment. Uh, so that's sort of how I work with people one-on-one. And then in more of a workshop setting, I'm actually sharing with folks how to set themselves up in restorative yoga poses so that their body is completely supported. There isn't any feeling of stretch or discomfort or anything. Um, and then inviting them with their own um, ability to offer Reiki to themselves. So I'll guide them a little bit on where we might focus our attention and our energy 
And then I'll invite them to kind of use their own intuition, if you will, because we all know, right? When we drop in, we all know what's really what we need in any given moment. It's just, I think, taking that time to drop in. So we spend some time getting really still and quiet. And then, you know, with whatever I'm offering, I think it gives them a container, if you will, um, to kind of hone in on. And then, uh, and then I invite them to say, you know, hey, if you notice there's a part of you that is really in need of some attention or care, go ahead, place your hands there. Go ahead, offer yourself Reiki, offer yourself whatever it is that part of you needs. So it's really quite—it's um, quite powerful in all of its. It's—it's uh, it's quite powerful and simple all at the same time. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, and you're listening to Energy Matters. We're here with Beth Tassion. And um, and Beth, you know, when when you're let's say somebody has back problems and they're like, you know, one on one and you set them up in in a pose with this restorative yoga. What what would that kind of start to look like? And how how do you kind of really, you know, if somebody's like a fly on the wall, like what are they going to be seeing in this room? So, I mean, before any of all that happens, a lot of conversation happens. Or in my in my big world, my big picture, conversation happens, making sure that whomever I'm working with has already done, you know, if they have a real serious issue that they've worked through, like with a physical therapist or a doctor, because um, that is not certainly anything, you know, we don't treat, we don't diagnose in any way, shape or form as yoga teachers or Reiki practitioners. Um, but you might, you know, it might turn out depending on what their issue is. Again, it's going to, it's going to decide, it's going to determine what kind of pose I might put them in. Um, some people have back problems and, and forward folds feel awful. Some people have back problems and forward folds feel great, right? So it really just depends on the nature of where their injury is and whatnot. Um, but what you would come in and see is somebody on the floor. Because <laughs> that's restorative yoga, right? Like it's, it's all <laughs> on the floor. It's so good. <laughs> all on the floor um, with a lot of props, a lot of blankets, like three, four blankets easily. Um, usually a bolster is in there somewhere, depending on the shape. Um, and they're really propped up in a way that if you looked at all of their joints, everything would be supported in some way, shape or form. There wouldn't be anything just hanging out, even if it was like a thin blanket under an elbow, right? So the whole idea is that you are so comfortable that there's no part of your body that has to support itself, that you can really let go. You can let go of the effort. You can let go of everything. So that ultimately, you know, we're looking to dial down the nervous system, which, you know, is, I'm not a nervous system expert, but the things that I do know about it is really, um, it takes time and it takes so many things like, like time, warmth, support, quiet, darkness. We need all of that really allow the nervous system to start to dial down and then there are certain poses that really lend itself a little more to that but most restorative yoga poses really are about you know opening the body in this um, really passive receptive way and finding ways to sort of dial down the nervous system so that the I don't like to use the word heal but so the body can kind of get back in touch with its own ability to heal itself and to whatever capacity that is. 
Yeah. And so how does how does the Reiki fit in? Are So people are kind of set up in whatever kind of restorative posture on the floor. They're kind of propped up with blankets and bolsters and blocks yeah. and everything. Um, and then do you are you meditating nearby, like offering a Reiki flow? Are you doing hands on with people? Like what is that? How does the Reiki fit in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the Reiki is 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 usually hands on unless the person I'm working with would would prefer not to have hands on. But everybody that I work with wants the hands on, so that's great. So yes, it is on. It is a hands on thing. And again, so let's just imagine this person with the back issue loves a child's pose, and child's pose feels really great for them. So now I would set them up and really supported child's pose with like, you know, blankets under the knees, sometimes between the knee joints, um, bolstered under their belly, uh, head supported, arm supported, and probably even covered so they feel super warm and cozy and safe. And then, yeah, I might spend some time just sharing Reiki, maybe focusing on the particular part of their body, like their back, particular area on their back where they really feel like that's where the discomfort is. Um, and then going from there, either based on our conversation or just based on my own um, sort of sense or intuition, if you will. And what are the type of things that people experience when they um, are receiving Reiki during a restorative yoga session? I'd say the number one thing is just the profound sense of of rest. I think as a society, we're all really under-rested. Um, we're all really exhausted and stressed out. Um, Hashtag and so pandemic. I, <laughs> and then, yeah, right. You layer that into what was already a really, you know, complicated way of living. Um, so, yeah, I think everybody in my experience, like, I think that's the thing that shows up the most is just that what what it is to to really rest consciously, Right. Like we can go home and, you know, I do it, go home Friday night. Ah, let me sit in front of the TV and catch up with a favorite show. And that's not really the same thing. Like this is really conscious, dedicated rest time, which is so different. Um, and then on the other side, the the renewed energy that you feel, like it's remarkable, like, I will tell you from my own experience, like on Friday mornings, I do my own restorative yoga practice every Friday. And I can, if I, even if I get like five hours of sleep for whatever reason, it gives me so much more energy that even by like, you know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, oh, wow, I feel great. <laughs> you know, just taking that time to really consciously rest and be with yourself, which is the other part. Sometimes that's scary for people to be that quiet and that still, but it's always really uh, illuminating, I think, yeah. you know, when you just sit with yourself like that. And, you know, I think that you bring up a really in important point um, around the, the difference between, you know, sitting with yourself and really allowing yourself to just rest, 
right? Versus when you said kind of like sometimes darkness helps that, um, you know, kind of fully supporting your body, all these kind of things. You know, sometimes when you like flop on the couch, like our body might be like, and like, you know, see your body might be fully supported, but you could be watching a show that is like really tense or exciting. And so your nervous system is still kind of like, you know, so I think that's a really important distinction that, you know, just because you might be at home relaxing doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually getting that really deep restorative rest that the nervous system is like craving. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. And the one other thing I wanted to kind of talk about that you just mentioned is um, why, why do you think that it is scary for people to kind of go inside? That is a great question. <laughs> you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I think, you know, from my experience with my own self and just people that I've worked with over the years, I think, I think we're just not used to doing that. You know, we don't live, we don't really live in a sort of contemplative society. Um, everything is out right? We're, we're engaging with the world, which we need to, right? We're, you know, people living in the world, right? We're, we're not, you know, you know, whatever, monks living in a cave somewhere, right? We're people living in a world where people who have jobs, where people who have homes and families, so we need to be out in the world. Um, but I just don't think there's a real emphasis on the other side to balance it out, right? So I think there's more of the emphasis. I think in some ways even we're rewarded in some strange ways for being overly busy and overly scheduled and working more than 40 hours a week or whatever your work hours are. Um, so there's so much about being out, being out and being connected. And now we've got, you know, phones and that connect us 24 seven to something that we're just not conditioned I don't think, to be in stillness and quiet. Um, and I think it takes real practice to be in that stillness and that quiet and to make the choice and to make the commitment to doing that for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you're just tuning in, uh, you're listening to Energy Matters. We're chatting with our guest today, Beth uh, Tassion, who is a, um, a yoga practitioner and teacher and a Reiki practitioner as well. Um, Beth, I'm so curious, how did you fall into Reiki? Because I, I mean, Reiki is my passion, it's my profession, um, and I, I obviously love uh, supporting other Reiki teachers and, uh, you know, the, the whole profession is like, growing in, in such a magical way. Um, how, how did you fall into Reiki? What was your kind of early experience coming into that modality? Um, this is always a little sort of circuitous, but I think that's kind of like life. Um, so somewhere around 19, I don't know, 99 or 2000, my husband, who just left his job in publishing, came home with some free books. And in the collection of books was this Reiki book. He's like, here, I thought you might like this. What book was <laughs> it from the, what, like from, um, do you know? Yeah, I still I'm so have curious. it here. I'm very nerdy about Reiki books. So I, and. It was this one, The Power of Reiki. Oh, who's the author? Um, by Tamaya Honervolkt. Okay, I'm going to look that one up. Cool. Yeah, it's a really sweet introduction to Reiki. Um, and, you know, it was like, just, it was a totally readable, doable book. You know, um, it wasn't overly technical. It didn't really, it touched on the lineage a little bit. 
but didn't go into big depth. So it made it perfect for somebody like me who, who didn't really know anything about it. This book just arrived so, in your home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And here it came. And so I remember as I was reading it, um, I, my dad was in the hospital. So I said, I'm going to offer him some distance Reiki. You know, he was clear across the country. So I was like, that's the only thing I can do right now. And it just felt like this really lovely thing to do and this way to be connected to him. I had no idea if it was, you know, if he even got it or whatever. I just trusted and I just said, I'm going to go with it. Um, and then, you know, life happens and you kind of forget it. I forgot about it. I'll be quite honest. And then I was actually working with um, a private client uh, in, a re- in a yoga session and she was in Shavasana, which is the final resting pose um, in most traditional asana classes. Um, so I had her in Shavasana and I could so clearly feel, almost see her energy. It was like, and I hadn't had that particular experience before. And in that moment, I was just like, oh my gosh, I need to find out more about Reiki right now. And so just I mean, clear as a bell. Yeah, right. Quite honestly, like when I look back at my teaching, one of my favorite things about teaching yoga is the shift that happens energetically through a class. Like everybody comes in frazzled and all over the place. And, you know, some people are like, I'm here for yoga. You know, like they run in like a minute before. So everybody's kind of coming from all these places. And then we sit together and just over the course of time, how that energy shifts from all of that frazzled chaotic energy to this more sort of grounded um almost more organized peaceful energy it's like totally one of my favorite things at the end of class to just sort of sit back and reflect on that so anyway i've kind of taken a side turn for you but um so after working with this client and feeling like oh my gosh her energy i could feel it i could see it um i went home and I found the book again after like two moves and 12 years later, I was like, Oh, there's the book. Um, and I started reading it again and I found out that I was again, living in New York. So the New York, uh, city open center, um, was offering a Reiki level one training. And I was like, okay, I've got to sign up. And then I just, you know, I found a, the woman teaching it. I just adored and I just continued from there. Amazing. Yeah, I, you know, everyone that finds Reiki has their own kind of very special story and their own synchronicities and little ways that it starts creeping into the life, you know, before, uh, before they really start learning it. So that's great. That's really awesome. Yeah, it is funny how those things, how it's, 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 I, as I said to my teacher, when I first um, started working her, like, I think it just really kind of found me and just kind of you know, pulled me in slowly. That sounds like Reiki to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Beth, do you have any any workshops or any events coming up? What do you have going on in your professional world? I know everything is so different with the pandemic now, but um, but I'd I'd love to to know what what you have going on. Yeah, so um, workshops right now are sort of on hold, particularly the the Reiki one, the Reiki and restorative yoga. I tend to teach toward the holidays when everybody's really – you know, depleted from from the year and the holidays and all that great stuff. So that'll be happening at some point in December. Um, but I do have a, a six-week class, yoga class, coming up through the Northampton Rec Department. Um, that's an open-level class that um, we teach just sort of like a series. And so depending on the theme of the six weeks, it, it will build progressively. 
Um, so that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And, uh, and then I've just got all my online classes that I run and then I teach for a couple of different studios here in the area. And so all of those classes are online too. Great. And how can people find you? You can best find me at my website, which is thisisyourbliss.com. And then, you know, on Facebook, it's Yoga Bliss and Reiki Bliss and Twitter and all that good stuff. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and do you have any last words of wisdom to throw out into the universe? Um, I don't know if they're words of wisdom, but I just, I'm a mover by nature. So I would just love to remind everybody to move, um, to like set little reminders if you need to, to get up and move and to breathe and to make a little more time for rest uh, whenever possible. And um, one of the teachings that fuels a big part of my life is the practice of gratitude. So I would just encourage everybody to even just take a minute to find something they're grateful for every day. Hmm. How does that um, gratitude practice fit into your kind of day to day? Is it like a morning practice? Is it end of the evening? Is it journaling? Is it um, what does that look like? Yeah, it's an end of the night practice. My husband and I share a journal and he takes one end, I take the other. Cute. And we sometimes meet in the middle. Um, in fact, we met in the middle last night. So we got to start a new journal tonight. Um, and we just write down like a list, you know, or whatever. Sometimes it's more of a paragraph, but mostly it's just a list just to look back and reflect on the day, even on the most challenging days to say, aha, right? There's always something to be grateful for something. And it just really reframes the way I look at the day. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on to Energy Matters today. Um, you know, we we're just doing a little 30 minute interview. I know you're about to jump on to do some yoga classes um, for your for your Friday night evening. So um, so sending sending love in, into that direction. But again, thank you so much for, for being on today's show, Beth. Caroline, thank you so much. It was really quite fun to be with you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you're just um, chat, uh, you know, tapping in, you can uh, follow up with Beth Tassion on thisisyourbliss.com. So 